My, my thing was that I wanted to find connection with other people. And so I spent my entire life looking for that kind of connection. Never really had a solid one with my family. Well, I actually, I think there's another phase. There's a phase where we get disappointed in our parents because we realize how human they actually are. They're no longer the hero, the human. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. we get to the point where we realize that. So are we. <laughs> it's called baggage for a reason. You take that with you. If we don't change things, nothing's ever going to change. You know, if we say that these are the patterns and these are the cycles and that's just how it is, we're not going to change or break the cycles. So here you are alone in this time where you, you have to spend a lot of time looking at yourself in the mirror, seeing who you are, getting to know yourself. So Refreshingly honest, refreshingly real, refreshingly human. A podcast about human experiences and shared connections. With your host, Hannah Pillow. Hi everyone, welcome back to Refreshingly Human with myself, Hannah Pillow. We are on season four, we are talking about getting recharged for the new year. And you know what, I'm starting to feel it, I'm starting to feel it. How about you, Lee? Are you feeling it? Yes, I'm feeling it. We're just a couple of days out until the new year. Yeah, well, by the time this comes out, we'll be well into the new year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, this will be a good gauge to see what I've said here, if it's uh, in fruition, if it's happening in, in February. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I love that. So, yeah, guys, I have with me a very amazing guest today. Um, he's just uh, been doing some great work on the patterns of possibility. I love that name. So Lee, would you like to introduce yourself to the guests? Yes, my name is Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his, and I am the founder of the Patterns of Possibility. And that is a coaching organization that helps people find the patterns in their lives and break them and become more uh, confident and find a direction and find more resilience. And um, how long have you been doing that for? So I've been doing it for about a year. So the, the I've been developing the coaching for about a year. The process has been just an ongoing life experience. Okay. So a year with the coaching. Okay. Of course, I, I can totally relate to this being an ongoing life experience thing. That That's what it is, right? Mm -hmm. um, but what motivated you to start this? And you know what? This season, we actually, we have been hearing from so many coaches, um, so, yeah, what prompted you to get into this? Well, what prompted me to get into this was an experience that I had was like, you would say rock bottom was a, the thing that usually motivates people where I'm just always looking for my, my thing was that I wanted to find connection with other people. And so I spent my entire life looking for that kind of connection. Never really had a solid one with my family. And uh, since I grew up in Ohio, I thought, well, Maybe I just need to move away from home, went to college, couldn't find a connection there. I left the entire state of Ohio because I thought that was just a problem. So I moved to California. I thought, well, that'll be so much better. And I ran into the same issue of not able to make these genuine connections. And then I get to where I am now, finally, in Chicago. And still, I could not make those genuine connections. Then I had a bad breakup and I realized that, well, you know, counseling, I went to counseling and I, I went to learn something about cognitive behavioral therapy. CBT. Yes. Exam. 
Absolutely. And it was really helpful for me. It was really tangible results. And on top of that, I'm also an analyst. So I could recognize these patterns. Yeah. And oh, that's yes. from patterns. Of yes. <laughs> and so, yeah, exactly. And so I look back at my my past, like Ohio to California to Chicago. Well, the common denominator was me. I was doing something. I was doing something to cause that trend. So moving from this here to this way, that way, it didn't change anything. So there's something within this pattern that needed to change. It was mm-hmm. just like going to work and looking at a, a graph or a chart and seeing, well, what's different here? And what can I change? What makes the difference? Mm-hmm. And so I realized that it's a pattern, a new possibility. Well, you know, I, I just love that you said, um, you know, you, you described that so vividly like moving from place to place and I love that you mentioned that because I know like um, when you move away the problems that you think you're leaving behind they follow you wherever you go you know there's there's no running away from it and I, I was in a very similar place as you Lee I also didn't connect really well with some people in my family and I thought that leaving that behind was going to change everything mm-hmm. And of course it did. <laughs> right, <not>. exactly. It's <laughs> yeah. called baggage for a reason. You take that with you. <laughs> it goes everywhere, exactly. It's like mm-hmm. you literally got to cut that cord. And to cut that cord, you have to actually, like you say, realize what is it? What am I carrying around? Why am I carrying this around? Absolutely. And it, it was very similar to you. And I had to, I went, when I moved to the UK, actually. So I moved from South Africa to Turkey and to the UK. And when I moved to the UK, well, when I was in Turkey, I was in therapy for a while. Mm. And when I moved to the UK, I went to therapy, I think two or three times since I've been here. But yeah, I had to do it. It's something yeah. I had to do. Um, there was no two ways about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you have those experiences too. It's the things that you, you take along with you. And then you look back at those things that, that have happened, the moves that I've made, I all I can do is learn from them. Is it resenting or relenting on them or wishing they were different? There's nothing that I can gain from that. I can get all the knowledge if I just take a look and say, well, I had to move because if I didn't move, I wouldn't have this experience of growth and learning. I'd oh, probably no. still be stuck trying to figure out how to connect with people. For sure. I think I think when we move, I'm not sure if that was your experience, but I found when I moved, I was able to see the problem from a distance and it was a lot easier to see the bigger picture when you remove yourself from it. Because I think when you're in it, it kind of oh, consumes yeah. you and you 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 see things very blurry all around you. And then when you just separate yourself from it, you can be like, uh-huh, so that is what happened. And Absolutely. I'm not sure if you are able to like, from where I'm sitting now in my life, I'm able to actually see both sides of the story, my side and the people who I didn't get along with. I can see their side of it. I can treat them as a human person, acknowledge mm-hmm. their emotions, acknowledge Absolutely. their side of it, their perspective and respect that. But I couldn't do that when I was in it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like you're too close to the the trees to see the forest and then you <laughs> can't see the entire thing. And I definitely relate to that an experience where you're able to look back and able to see, well, you know, it wasn't really all about me, whatever experiences they were having. They have their mm-hmm. own life. They have their mm-hmm. own things, they have their own motivations or trials and tribulations. And maybe I'm just in the way right now today. They don't know what to do. <laughs> they don't know what to do. I'm just in the way, but it's not about me. And I, so I can completely understand that, all right, they have their own lives. It's like that moment 
when you realize that your parents are people, <laughs> it's like they've yes. had their own experiences, their own troubles. And it's like, oh, wow, this is you're real. You have feelings. You're not just mom. <laughs> It's it's kind of a cycle that we go through in life, right? Like, I think when we little, we kind of like idolize our parents and we think that they are flawless human beings. Mm -hmm. And then as we grow up, we kind of like, you know, we go through the teenage phase and we hate them and everything's wrong with them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then we kind of like, I guess, as we grow into adults, um, well, I actually, I think there's another phase. There's a phase where we get disappointed in our parents because we realize how human they actually are. They no longer the hero, the human. Mm. And then yeah. we get to the point where we, reala- we realize that so are we. We are human too. <laughs> <laughs> that is real magic right there. I had not thought about it that way, but that totally makes sense. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's the point where we can see like, okay, they're, they have their own life and oh, it looks like we have to make our own lives too. You know, uh, about the parents, you know, the realization that they don't have their own, well, they have their own lives and their own experiences is a part of the pattern too. It's part of realizing that, well, what they learned is what they teach us. And if we're not conscious of what's going on with us or conscious of what's going on with them, then we just repeat it and we Mm -hmm. repeat and we repeat and we never get any better. So that's where the pattern comes in. It's like, well, my mom has only been teaching what she learned. Like, what else can you do? You teach what you see, you teach what you learn until you have a new experience. So moving away was definitely a big plus. It was. And, and, you know, talking about that, like we see the changes and we want to do. So like, for example, if we have kids, we want to do things differently. I, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, though. I've seen new parents who are doing things differently because they've seen patterns that they want to change and their parents actually get offended by it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an insult to them. And it's not meant to be, though. It's really no. not meant to be an insult. It's just like if we don't change things nothing's ever going to change. You know, if we say that these are the patterns and these are the cycles and that's just how it is, we're not going to change or break the cycles. We're going to keep right. feeding them. Exactly. And the parents get all defended, like, uh, offended, like, well, you know, what's wrong with what I taught you? You know, I, I did the best I could. I did <laughs> everything I could for you. And you're ungrateful. You've <laughs> oh, got, ungrateful. Like all this, all oh, this stuff that. I feel like that's the mom's favorite word. <laughs> you don't know how it how much energy it takes to put food in your mouth and I'm cooking for you you better eat that food I and stuff you like for that nine months I yeah ate his life. you owe me everything <laughs> yeah and then the the classic the return the only thing that we have is well I didn't ask to be born okay <laughs> I did okay. not <laughs> yeah that's all we've got in our ammunition for that <laughs> like abortion's legal in some places <laughs> But 15 years after, (laughs) 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 uh, totally just like, I'm not a parent. And um, I think it's really fortunate that I have not become a parent because I think I would repeat the same things that, that I have learned. I mean, I just only come in. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like I'm talking about like um, maybe five, 10 years ago. Like if I'd become a parent, I think I'd repeat the same things that I'd learned because I hadn't really fully understood the emotional growth that I needed. I remember I was working in a warehouse and um, 
I think I was just being my grumpy usual self. And I was like thinking that, of course, everyone around me was the problem and not me. And one of my uh, coworkers, I think there was an HR manager at the time, and they were talking to me and I was like, oh, this place is so awful, blah, blah, blah. And she said, well, you know, think about who is in your family. What is it like? Because, you know, the people that you interact with in your life are like the people that are in your family. We attract people like that. And that was maybe 10 or so years ago. And I could not hear that at all. That was not something that permeated my brain at all. I was just like, wow, that is ridiculous. And you are no help. You're also part of the problem. (laughs) (laughs) But, and then after having more experiences, um, I'm thinking, wow, that is absolutely true. Like for, for me, I see that the people that I was um, meeting in Ohio were like the ones in California or like the ones in Chicago because I was doing the exact same thing I was. Like, for example, I thought something was going to be different if I would go meet people um, instead of meeting them at a bar, yeah. I would go meet them at a soccer game and we would kind of play soccer together, but we were drinking and I would go somewhere else and I would go like to a comedy club, like a meetup at a comedy club, but we were drinking. And so I've never made a connection with those people that I met. And as soon as I found the common denominator, Hey, I'm at places that are seemingly different, but the common denominator is alcohol. So let's remove that alcohol and go to a place that doesn't have alcohol. So I ended up doing a Toastmaster thing. I went to Toastmasters. Okay. And I assume your club doesn't have alcohol. They're lightly toasted, but they do not have alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, my my experience is quite different to yours. I feel like I become the best of friends with people when I share a drink with them. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Quite the opposite for me. It's like, I feel like my best bonds, my best moments with people are when we share a drink together and we really get to know each other. We have those intense conversations and we really connect and we really bond. I'm not talking about drinking till the point of oblivion, but Mm -hmm. just sharing a drink with someone. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It definitely gets people to open up. I mean, I think that there's tools and and uses for everything, like... um, it depends on what you're using the alcohol for. So I would say that I was using the alcohol just to numb yeah. all of the things that were happening with me and feeling like I have all this anxiety about talking to a person. And so I have to get a couple of drinks in me before I can actually talk and open up. And okay. then here I am continuing to drink and I forget everything we talked about. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now that makes sense. Yeah. For me, I am shockingly not really, um, Hard, like not very hard to talk to people. <laughs> You're very friendly and, and relaxed and open. You're inviting. And then yeah. just having a drink is just going to make anyone even more relaxed just talking to you. I feel comfortable talking to you. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. What, what does that mean to you? I wanted to ask you, like you said you had difficulties creating, was it meaningful relationships? Is that the word you used? Yes. Meaningful relationships. Genuine. You said genuine. genuine. Genuine, yes, genuine relationships. And what that means to me is that, well, my experience, yeah, the meaningful and genuine relationships comes from feeling like everything that uh, is a relationship is a transaction, it's transactional. So all my relationships were like that. I 
give what I can. I it's conditional love. It's conditional. The relationship, the friendship is conditional. It's based on what I can give to a person, what value I can offer to them. And, and it, it, uh, it's full of resentment because I would feel like I would need to get someone something or do something for someone. And I'd expect them to read my mind and give me the attention and the respect that I thought I deserved because mm. I did something for them. And so you can imagine like a, my relationships were transactional like that. And I'm talking about like, not just, uh, friendships but romantic relationships that's just chaotic it, it is yeah just gonna interrupt you listening for a brief second just to remind you to check out our social media pages i am on instagram as refreshingly human podcast and facebook as refreshingly human i'd love if you could take a screenshot of yourself enjoying this episode and share it with a quote that you liked from the episode, you can hashtag Refreshingly Human Podcast and hashtag Hannah Pillow. I can't wait to see your shares on social media. Don't forget to tag me. And now I'll let you get back to it. I'm really impressed that you are self or became self-aware enough to recognize that. Because um, I actually recently was speaking to someone about social anxiety. And it's something that I suffered with for a very long time in my life. But I actually only realized recently that I actually don't have social anxiety anymore. It's just gone. And I love that. Yeah. But, and then she asked me how, and I had to like start thinking about this. And like I told it, it is genuinely a very, very long story, the how, but what you just said is largely what it centers around is it centers around our expectations of other people. And it also centers around how much I love myself. Mm -hmm. So I think like my anxiety used to come from the fact that I never felt good enough. I never felt good enough for people to like me. I never felt good enough for, for anything. So if I had people in my life um, in, in any sort of relationships, I was always questioning, why do they like me? Why are they around me? And mm -hmm. then, you know, and I think that's for me, that's where the whole bartering system would come from. Like I'm trying to get them to like me mm -hmm. and, I want to do stuff for them and I'm expecting them to do stuff in return. <laughs> and that's exactly. where it came from for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the, you said the self-love. So it's like, well, they like me because I'm awesome. That's it. And then you, <laughs> I, I imagine that's where you got to it. You're just like, I'm, I'm pretty awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, I kind of got to a point where like, I think one, one of the breaking moments was my husband and I, we watch um, Bob's Burgers together. Have you ever watched Bob's Burgers? Love oh that God. show. Love so it. much love it. And what's the daughter's name? Uh, Louise. Oh, Louise. Yeah. Oh, Louise, Tina, Jean. I love Louise and I, I love her so much. And I, when I, when I watch Bob's Burgers, I'm like, that's my daughter. And she, my husband looked at me one day and he's like, that's you. And I was like, hey, <laughs> I was like, I am awesome. And that was like the first realization that I actually love who I am. What the hell am I doing? I love Louise and she's basically me. Why don't I love me? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is so, that's so like, um, it's something that I wanted to explore myself is this idea because um, of the validation of seeing like yourself outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. I feel like, um, I've been the last to know a lot of things about me. Like I've been the last to know that I'm a smart person. And I'm like, people were telling me, oh, you're pretty sharp, aren't you? And I'm like, eh, mm, no, you're, you're <laughs> creative. That, no, no, not really. Was that something about like maybe messages you were given when you were growing up? Like, um, 
people were kind of like pigeonholing you growing up so you never actually acknowledged what you actually were is that maybe part I, of it um you know i think it, it could i'm thinking and and the way i was raised because outside of me people were telling me that oh you're creative you're doing this so oh, you're smart you're doing this but i think it was inside the the family and the extended family and so forth it's just like well you know you're only as good as what you can give to me uh-huh. and that that just kind of destroyed a lot of the things out, outside of me like understanding that but like seeing the reflection of myself and like seeing like oh well I see somebody that I admire and they look like me and they're saying, Hey, you are just like me. We're just like, and I'm like, Oh, I guess we are. And then that realization, take it on. It's like, so I can be creative. I can do things. It's a big part of why I started doing my podcast. Honestly, there was someone in my life who just came into my life pretty late in life, like maybe two years ago. And we clicked and we're just so much alike. And I'm just like, well, you're awesome. And I like all the stuff that you're doing. And you tell me I'm awesome. And you like all the stuff I'm doing. Cool. That's really validating and refreshing to, to hear that. And then now I can just, I think it's all I needed. Now I can just step into that and say that, hey, this is, this is me. And I feel so much better about that. Yeah. That's amazing. And um, yeah, my, my experience again is so similar to that. And um, mm. like, I never considered myself an intelligent person. Like growing up, I was like, I, I still say it. I'm like the least intelligent person in my family. And when I say that, I mean like textbook intelligence, you know, like going to college and getting straight A's and that kind of stuff was just never my game. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I, I was never good at that stuff. And um I I grew up in a family where it was highly competitive and people got like straight A's and they, you know, graduated as uh, engineers and Mm. accountants and doctors and pharmacists. And I'm here with my communication degree and they like, what's that? (laughs) 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 So, yeah. So intelligence was never something I labeled myself as. Um, But yeah, um, I've actually come to realize that I actually am very intelligent in a lot of different ways. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, it can be subjective sometime. Like, what do you think is intelligence for you? Like, Mm -hmm. is it just memorizing? Are you really great at memorizing and regurgitating information? Or can you take these concepts that people give you abstract concepts and apply them to all kinds of things? Mm -hmm. That's intelligence as well. Emotional intelligence comes down to it. I think that you have all that stuff. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about the textbook stuff because you Uh, didn't say that, but I can tell, I can definitely tell that um, you're definitely in tune and aware of emotional intelligence and all. Yeah. I think that would be my strong point. Emotional intelligence. Um, Textbook stuff. It really depends on the stuff. Like I've been trying to read this book for a long time, the gendered brain. There's a lot of terminology as I can't get past in that book. And I've just not gotten into it very much. (laughs) (laughs) So my brain can be pretty lazy sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Hey, maybe uh yeah, maybe the book isn't exciting. It I mean, could be. is it? It is. It is in but, some ways. It's just oh, yeah? a lot of medical terms in it that I'm not familiar oh. with and I'm just mm. like, oh, I don't want to sit with a dictionary for every single word that I'm reading. <laughs> oh yeah, I could imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll read like a few paragraphs and I'll be like, oh, 
this is enough yeah. information for now. <laughs> <laughs> because you have to go look it up in the dictionary, like, okay, there's two paragraphs, there's five, 10 words I didn't understand. <laughs> you got to go find those words. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not making my case for intelligence very well here. <laughs> Let, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can just completely relate to that. Like I was <laughs> I was reading a book called the the paradox of choice, and I was thinking like, well, there's a lot of a lot of information in here, but it just doesn't seem to to click with me. So yeah, yeah, it really depends on what what I'm what I'm taking in and how. Yeah, and I think honestly, I think that's with anyone. I think we all have our areas where we're more interested in. And where we're less interested in, and that's why I have a lot to say about our school systems right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, but and let's. Oh, sorry, God. Well, I was going to say on that note about confidence. I mean, that's kind of where the confidence comes in. It's like, well, yeah, I know that this isn't my jam, so I know that something is, and that's fine. And that's yeah. totally fine. Yeah, it's it's kind of like brings me back to my competitiveness with my cousins. I always had. A cousin who was like around my age and in my family whenever you're around someone's age they put you against each other man wow <laughs> you're, you're like in that that wrestling ring from the time you're born you <laughs> <laughs> can crawl first yeah, <laughs> no, exactly it's i'm not even lying it's literally that what? who spoke first who crawled first who you know who ate their first whole like proper food they oh literally goodness. count these things I, I i i guess that even wouldn't be surprised if an aunt had like a book somewhere where she actually wrote all these things down. <laughs> i would not be surprised wow <laughs> and this cousin of mine like i had a lot of um self-confidence issues growing up because she was everything above me she was slim she was beautiful she was intelligent and she just she checked all the boxes that my family kind of wanted and I was like always awkward I was extremely overweight I had huge acne problems um I was not a textbook person I hated Mm. school (laughs) (laughs) so I always like grew up in her shadow and then when my confidence actually started to come out was when I realized um like right now in my life I'm exactly where I want to be in my life like she's married she has the kids she has a safe career and I'm, I'm married for the second time. I have no kids. I do not have a safe career at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what? I'm exactly where I want to be. I'm happy. I've lived in different countries. I've traveled. I travel alone. My husband, you know, he allows me inverted commas because the culture I come from, husbands have to allow you to do stuff. And my husband, we don't have that sort of relationship. So you know, I can do whatever I want. I can travel whenever I want. I can go anywhere. I have my freedom and I don't have the pressure to have kids when I'm mm-hmm. young. You know, I can have kids whenever the fuck I want. And you know what? Science. <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I can wait. <laughs> Science will uh, help me. <laughs> that is so awesome. I, I dare I say that you have broken a pattern. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I have. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of the moment where I realized um, that she's good at her stuff and she's good at fitting into the mold. And I'm good at my stuff and I broke that mold and I'm perfectly happy with that. And if, you know, if my family still puts us against each other in their mind, it's their problem. And that reminds me of what you said that I wanted to come back to, (laughs) that it's actually not it's the, it's their problem and not ours. And mm-hmm. for me, 
that was a big moment in my life in realizing my own self-worth you know like the problems that I had with a certain person in my family if they still have those issues with me I free myself from that because that's their issue to work on not mine absolutely Um, yeah I actually confronted that person and told him that oh yeah I did (laughs) please tell me the story how did this go I don't know (laughs) (laughs) Well, what happened was I was in my in therapy for it because like I told you, it follows you everywhere, right? Absolutely. And it, I was in therapy for it because something really big happened. Was it, it was a year or two ago. I don't know. Time is just so irrelevant right now. But I think it was like two years ago that something really huge happened. <laughs> and, you know, 2020, we're like, what the hell? What, 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 is what that? timeline am I in now? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, something huge happened in my life and it just, um, it set off my anxiety, it triggered me. My depression just all came back. My mental health was a mess. I had a, I had a panic attack. I had a breakdown and um, my life was just a mess. And uh, I started picking up weights again. And then I went into therapy and I was like, I got to beat this monster now. Like I got to, I have to face this. I have to climb this bridge. And I was so lucky to have had the therapist that I had at that time because she worked with me to write a letter to this person. And every session we worked on this letter and we used, have you heard of nonverbal communication? Uh, No, nonverbal. That's sorry. That's for my English teaching job. Nonviolent? Nonviolent communication. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. We use nonverbal communication every day at my job. And that's the first one that came. It's (laughs) nonviolent communication. (laughs) That's the one. (laughs) I know that flipping the bird is also nonverbal communication, but probably not something that you wanted to do. Probably very violent, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So she made me learn about nonviolent communication and we applied that to writing this letter and I got out every single thing that I ever wanted to tell this person in that letter and I sent it to them as an email the person never responded to me so I don't know how it was ever taken Ah. but I will say that that person has after that made an effort to be nice to me (laughs) Wow, that's absolutely amazing. Like, I, I I am wowed by it, and I'm glad that it happened. I mean, it's like, I feel like a bit surprised, but delighted. I think that's the word I want to say. It's more delighted because surprises it surprises me that they responded in that way. Like, they responded in, like, the way they did was to be more nicer, nicer to you. But, uh, and... Um, I mean, the, the fact that you went through the process, I find that really delightful that you took the time and effort to like sit down and unpack your stuff and put it down on a piece of paper. There's a lot of people uh, will not do that. They'll just kind of maybe take up the laundry, wash it a little bit, put it back on, put it back away. Yeah. They don't really take the time to, to do that. And the success that you found with it is, you know, a testament to therapy. And I think, you know, Everyone should go talk to someone, get some therapy, some introspection. It's not as a, as a, um, what is it? There's, there's a bad connotation to it or stigmatized as before. Yes. Is the success it, that not. you've had with it, what I've had with it, you know, talking to people. Yeah. 
it's Tell amazing. Me more about your success with it. I feel like we've talked about me enough. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, uh, my success with it was just like yours. You know, I have not um, written that letter. I think that's what I really like about it is writing that letter, that idea, because it just um, I got a gift actually that um, I don't like, and um, and it may may sound ungrateful or something along those lines. But when I look at this thing, I, I have to employ that idea that, well, this person gave me something that I, I've been saying for years that I'm not interested in, I don't really care for, I don't want, and, and I'm disappointed to receive this because I want this person to know me and see me for who I am. And when I get this gift, it definitely defeats everything about me. Like it, it just says nothing about who I am. It says everything about who they are. And to be able to like take a deep breath and remember that it's not about me. They see me in the way they see me. And so they gave this gift to me that, and they're hoping that I'll use it. I'll enjoy it. And I will, I will like uh, start thinking like they will. And I'm over here on this side trying to think, like, well, I want you to think like me. I want you to give me the thing I want, which is time and attention. I just want a conversation rather than a, a physical thing. Yeah. And it's um, not not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I like that you said like they gave you a gift that's not you, but like they also gave you a gift of who they want you to be. Mm-hmm. The, the, the idea of who they want you to be. Um I can see that you're not telling us what the gift is. So that must be something very personal. <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, it's a Bible. Actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so let like me, that. let me tell you when I got married to my husband, um, well, my family gave us a, a prayer mat and a Quran and um, neither of us are Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Is I think we're, we're so similar in this this whole thing here yeah because <laughs> like what am i supposed to do with that and so this yeah i mean I, i've got mine on the shelf and i actually um like i'm i so i i grew up in a i, I never i don't think i've said this out loud on my podcast actually but yeah i grew up i always say i grew up in a religious family but it was a muslim family and i'm not religious anymore i don't believe in in, in any religion anymore um, but I am interested in religions and I like to, I like to go back to the scriptures. I like to read them. I like to see what's in them. So I do look at it from time to time. Actually, it's not that I don't ever pick it up. I do. It's a translation of the Quran. So I do, I actually do. My mom, I don't know if she'd actually be happy to hear this or be shocked to hear this, <laughs> but I do actually read it sometimes just to, um, just out of curiosity, because I, I've read most of it, but it's it's just interesting to go back and see what's in it and also mm-hmm. remind myself the things I don't like about it as mm-hmm. well and the things that led me to the part that I am. And also it is embedded in my family and my culture as well. Yeah, and, and so I do have this thing. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it. Like I thought immediately that I need to keep this because it's a reminder of you know what what our relationship is going to be like but nothing is going to change about this relationship and it's also a reminder that well of course nothing's going to change so 
I have to do a lot of heavy mental work to not not get upset. This is within the expectations. Mm-hmm. If I haven't learned in 30 something years by now, I'm never going to learn. Like mm-hmm. uh, this is within, this is what I can expect. And okay. so if I want the kind of relationship, if I want any kind of relationship, I have to expect that kind of thing. And yeah. do I want to move my boundary? Do I want to? So that's where mm-hmm. like, uh, when you talked about writing that letter, this is where it took me thinking about that. Well, you know, I will never be able to say what I want to them. I will never, I don't believe that I'll be able to get them to behave the way I want them to and vice versa. They're not going to change me. So I do have some feelings about that and I need to process them. Yeah. And writing that letter is something that I don't think I have done. I've not done it. So I think that sounds like a great good idea for me. If it is for you, I mean, definitely find what's right for you. That's something yeah. I, I 100% encourage in this podcast is for people to do what's right for them. Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's actually quite interesting because one of the aspects I touched on in my letter was my um, the, the person that I wrote to and my, my relationship with uh, wearing the hijab. And actually not wearing it because I'm not Muslim anymore. Mm. <laughs> and, and it was just kind of like stated in the letter that, I'm going to dress like I, I dress respectfully in front of my family because that's the culture, but I'm not going to wear the hijab because I'm not Muslim and I don't, I don't want to, I've never wanted to wear it. Maybe like a short period in my life where I actually wanted to wear it, but most of my life I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just kind of set, like you said, set that boundary that that's not going to happen. You either accept it or you process that feeling on your own, but that's yeah. not going to change my behavior. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah, yeah it's it's for for them to deal with like, mm-hmm. i explicitly said that i was like this is something you need to pre- deal with this is your you know your something it's an issue for you but it's not for me <laughs> and it's not going yeah. to change exactly i mean like <laughs> just because you don't like it it's not going to change <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's kind of like that's not how life works honey yeah like how like when you were a kid i guess you could throw temper tantrums and get your way but we are we're adults here now right. well um, way into the episode and we haven't even touched on 2020 <laughs> we have gone back in time way beyond 2020 but you know what lee i'm not sure about you but i feel like people like us who have had like really difficult live periods in our lives that 2020 it's not as traumatic on us as it might be on other people. Yes, you hit the nail right on the head for me because I, I was going to say that like, wow, you know, um, I remember when there was a summer holiday came around. I think it was Memorial Day when it was like the first major holiday in, in the U.S. And we were just like, oh, we can't go do anything. It's so sunny outside. It's amazing. And I was like, I'm used to this, like not going anywhere, not having any people to connect with. So I'm fine. I'm going to watch some TV, maybe read a book. Sorry for everybody else. And then, yeah, yeah, so it wasn't as traumatic. It was, it was an opportunity to actually thrive, like get a bit more of like, I felt like everyone who is stuck is going to get a glimpse and understand of what I've been experiencing for most of my life <laughs> or this emptiness and this loneliness and not sharing, sharing, not being sure how to connect with people. And so 
now I'm like, well, looking at 2020, everyone is like what I was for the last 30 something years. Yeah. I know how to get out of this. So I'm going to tell everybody how you can get out of it, how you can like uh, make better connections because you don't have to be physically close with people to make these genuine connections. What you need is just genuine conversation, mm-hmm. someone interested in you, some confidence, just feeling like you're a part of something, feeling like you're loved. And you can definitely get connection by doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I think you are like, really a good example of that because Lee and I connected on Instagram right yeah and um I, I feel like Lee has been so you like you you've just been so easy to talk to and we I've, I've really enjoyed connecting with you and um yeah, yeah. and we, you, we live in different countries uh we didn't mention that which country are you in I'm in the Chicago in the United States. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so totally different countries and we've never met in person. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And um, I'm hoping that in February, the country looks a lot different than what it looks now. Just like, yay, hooray. So I'm looking forward to that in 2021. Yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, just I was just thinking, like, we were talking about, like, 2020 not being that most traumatic year for us personally not just again I always say this not discounting that it was traumatic for a lot of people that that's there for sure but I'm just thinking like when you when you said that I can already pinpoint the most traumatic year of my life and the way it destroyed me can you ah uh, no <laughs> I can't picture <laughs> there was no one yet. picture no, it doesn't seem to be like there was one one year that did anything that really, you know, they were all, all a mix. equally just mixed up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, it was like several years that it was like that. But there was this one year like I was I'm, I've been writing a memoir of my life oh. and I recently wrote that year. And Lee, when I was writing that year, I was like, how, how did. How did you get through that year? I just, I just yeah. don't understand how I got through that year. It was just so traumatic. Um, there was wow. just so many things happening to me in that one year that broke me. You know, like broke me in so many ways. And I actually did have, I spoke about it on, my, on another podcast episode, but I actually did have like a physical response where I blanked out and I almost fainted out of shock Whoa. in that year. And it never happened to me before in my life that 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 happened in that year and it was it was the craziest day of my life and that's why for me I feel like 2020 was was not too a bad holiday compared to that <laughs> <laughs> wow I'm so intrigued of course and I can't wait for that memoir to come out <laughs> <laughs> but of course you know after like 2020 I mean I'm sure that um like you probably picked up some great coping skills to deal with 2020 and I think that's what helped me a lot too, was like, you know, the coping skills already, the the trauma and the loneliness that I've dealt with and that, mm-hmm. you know, the other things that have happened. And I could say though, also that I've been fortunate enough to, to be able to telework and work remotely. So right. I've been able to do that too. So there hasn't been a disruption in that way. So I haven't seen a huge disruption like many other people have to deal with that, that financial trauma or the the being, I also live alone and I also don't have any kids. So I also have just a responsibility to myself. So I have a lot of things working for me in, in this place where it seems like everyone just 
has to do the best they can alone. So I've been doing that for a while. So just developing those coping mechanisms. And I realized that, you know, it's been difficult for other people who may not have experienced that, who may always had a loving family around them to help them and support them and, and not be able to touch that or see that or anymore. It's, it's really difficult. It is. No, for sure. And I think going on from that, like, what would you say to those people? Like having, having the tools yourself, having the skills yourself, the, the coping mechanisms, what would you say to them to, to help them get through this? Cause we still, um, hopefully <laughs> by the time this comes out, we'd be a little bit more free, <laughs> but yes. at, at this current moment, we're still in lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, numbers yeah. are still all over the place. Well, I would say that just drawing off of my own experience, of the reason why I could not connect with other people is because I didn't have a clear um, sense of my own self. I had no idea who I was or what I really wanted. So I would tolerate just about anything because I thought that that was how I would connect with people. So here you are alone in this time where you you have to spend a lot of time looking at yourself in the mirror, seeing who you are, getting to know yourself. So I recommend that you spend some time to really get to know you, who you are, what you like, and what you'll stand for, what your values are. Spend some some time really working on you. So when you come out of this, you come out with a whole new uh, outlook on life. Maybe you'll pick up a skill that you didn't have before. Like maybe you lost your job that you just didn't like anyway, but you were doing that because you had to. And now you have this time and, and freedom to be as creative as you ever wanted to be. And now you have this fuel and fire behind you because you need to get paid. You need that money. You've got every, you've got a runway, go for it. There's a lot of, the world is going to change. The world has changed because of this. And you can come out of your house when this pandemic is over, feeling like you can run the world, basically. Just so much confidence in who you are. So I'd recommend spending time to get to know yourself. And when you do that, um, if you have access to the internet, go find people who like to do the thing that you like to do. And you're going to find camaraderie in there because it's already connecting because you like to do those things. Mm. It's already. Yeah. So that's what I recommend. Yeah. I think that, um, I think that being alone with yourself can be very scary depending on where you are mentally in your life. Um, for sure. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, I did speak about it in one of my episodes on the emotion season, um, where I had become like the worst possible version of myself. And I hated being alone with myself at that period in my life. Like I, I, I would not have been able to. So if anyone's in that kind of a situation, um, my heart yeah. goes out to you right now. Yeah, you know, I had not thought about that, but. I, and then, so I would say another recommendation is like, um, you know, treat yourself as different people. Like, uh, I mean, like there's a past you, there's a present you, there's a future you. Treat yourself that way and start trying to have a conversation with your past you and your present you or your past you and your future you. Because, okay, you're alone with your thoughts and that's absolutely terrible. Like personify those thoughts or something and tell them, what you think about them or tell them how you feel about them. But um, yeah, I'm not a licensed therapist. So <laughs> Need am I. I'm going to put that out there. I'm going to put Need that out I. there. It's just, <laughs> well, it's just like, something 
that I thought of, but yeah. Like I say to my audience again and again, do what's right for you. Absolutely. As a person, we are just mm-hmm. voicing our experiences and what works for us. But at the end of the day, you do what's right for you. Don't, don't take our word for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I would say that, yeah, my heart goes out to that too, because I hadn't even thought about that, but yes, everyone has their own experiences. Mm. Yeah, I know. I mean, like, I think I'm I'm blessed to be in a part of my life where I absolutely love my own company, oh, as conceited as that sounds. <laughs> but I know it's there not- was there was a time in my life where I absolutely hated my own company. So yeah, it depends how- where we are. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's how everyone should sound like conceited. Like, hey, I love me. I'm so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, you know, there's so much more we could touch on, Lee, and I would love to have you on again. Um, I feel like oh, we yeah. didn't even get onto half of the things that we planned to talk about today. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I feel like we really got into some great stuff. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I feel like you've already gave your actionable steps. So did, did you have any more that you wanted to leave um, the audience with for going into the, the new year? I would say that this is something that um, I'm all about learning about yourself. So just be curious, more, more curious than judgmental, more curious than anything. And you will find yourself in, in, you know, uh, I think a more empowering place. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's a great place to end it there. And uh, thank you so much, Lee, for coming on today. And I definitely would love to have you on again to dive into deeper topics with you. It's been so Absolutely. fun. Yes, it has been a joy to chat with you too. And um, I'd like to tell my list, your listeners where you could they could find me. Of course, go uh, for this. it. All right. Yeah, you can find me at patternsofpossibility.com and, and any social media I'm on at Patterns of Possibility. And in February, late February, I have a workshop coming up called End Loneliness Now. And yes, it is all about making um, the connections between you and other people and how to do that. So you're going to find some great tips on that for more information about that. Again, visit PatternsOfPossibility.com. Amazing. What kind of content can we find on your show? Oh, yes. I do have a podcast and you're going to find all kinds of stories about my life. So the general format is that I share some kind of story or share some some, uh, tool that you could possibly use in your life to make a better connection or be better with communicating. And then I talk about an experience that I've had with this. And then I it's it can be an embarrassing story because, you know, getting rid of shame is a part of it, too. And that's, um, I set it to music and it, and if you like storytelling, I try to present it in a very fun and interesting way. Yeah, I would definitely say it's uh, worth checking out. Uh, I'll leave you guys with a teaser because I listened to the Oreo episode and I had so many <laughs> thoughts about that, so much I could connect with. And I'm definitely going to have Lee back on to discuss that episode. We were supposed to discuss it today, but we didn't get into it yet. <laughs> but next time we definitely will. Yeah, next time, if you listen to it, uh, come up with some questions and we can talk about those questions. Amazing. Well, thank you, Lee. And uh, we'll see everyone on the next episode. All right. Thank you so much, Hannah. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Refreshingly Human with myself, Hannah Pillow. It's been great having you join me today. 
If you liked my content, please do share it with a friend you think would find it interesting and subscribe to the show as well. I would love to have you listening in to many episodes to come. You can find me on the socials. I'm on Facebook as Refreshingly Human and Instagram as Hannah Pillow. See you next time.